Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. I want to uh, share with you today about a church without walls, but imagine, imagine, use your imagination, a church without walls. And the the background for this is found in Acts chapter 3. And the challenge for the church has always been and is to be the church outside of the walls. In fact, Jesus compared us to what is this? What is this, everybody? This is salt. Do you know that in one pound of salt, how many grains of salt are in ordinary table salt in one pound? Anyone want to guess? It's astounding. There, there are almost 8 million grains of salt in this. But unless it's outside of the, the salt box, the container... It doesn't do any good. In fact, Jesus said that we're the salt of the earth. And so he calls you and he calls me to be salt shakers. To shake this thing around. And, uh, you know, I I can eat food without adding any extra salt, but I like salt. And my doctor told me, he probably shouldn't have said this, but he said salt consumption doesn't affect your blood pressure. And so that's sort of like license for me. But I can eat food. If I come to your house or if I go to a restaurant, there's no salt. I can eat that. But if someone cooks without salt, I really have a difficult time with that. But God has called us to be the salt out of the salt shaker that we would preserve and bring flavor to this world that's around us. And today... The background story in Acts chapter 3 is how two people in the early church, Peter and John, were the presence of Jesus outside of the walls of the church. Acts chapter 3 tells it this way, that they went to, at the time of prayer, it was a time of prayer and worship in the temple in Jerusalem, and the temple grounds in Jerusalem at that time, covered 37 acres. That's a huge amount of property. And three times a day, there would be prayer. And they went through the Gate Beautiful, which was a, a very splendid a very splendid gate. It was 20-some feet high. It was made of solid metal. It was overlaid with, brass, or with gold. And it took several men just to push that gate open. And during this time, there would be thousands of people that would gather. In, at, this was the 3 o'clock hour to pray and to worship in the, in the courtyard and in Solomon's portico. And Peter and John, as they were on their way to church, so to speak, there was a poor, crippled man that was there. To be crippled in Bible times was, was the, the worst act of humiliation because you couldn't provide for yourself. You had to have someone carry you, and you always felt that you were putting people out. And he, this 
this crippled man was looking for a few coins just to survive. Have you ever been to Camden Yards? You know, you know what that's like. There are people that are there, and, and they're hope, they, they just want people to give to them. And so uh, he was there, and they walked by him, and he was begged for alms, and Peter and John looked at him, and Peter said these words. He said, silver and gold, I don't have much. I don't have much silver and gold. But such as I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And they, they took him by the hand, and God did a complete miracle, and the man went leaping and praising and giving thanks to God. And because of that miracle, Peter preached a sermon that day to the thousands of people who were in the temple, and it was an occasion for just many, many, many more people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. That's ministry outside the walls of the church. The church has, like an airplane, it has two wings. We have ministry in the church, but we also must have ministry outside of the church. That's what God has called us to do. The church is for the gathered today, and you know, there is a move, there, there's, there was actually a documentary called Church Without Walls, and it was uh, basically people saying, I, I found God outside of the church. And I think that's a terrible commentary on churches, and I hope that is never, our plan is that'll never be said of grace that you had to go somewhere else to find God. But the churches for the gathered, for worship and fellowship, and we disciple and we, we build each other up. But it's also for the going. And that's where evangelism and compassion and being the presence of Jesus, that's where that takes place. The two airplane wings of gathered and going. And so God calls us to go. And Jesus calls us to go. He said, as the Father sent me, even so send I you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Not just inside of the walls of the church. And God calls us to go because, do you know there's only so much gospel seed that can be planted inside of this church? How many know that? There's only so, many, so much seed that can be here. We don't measure the harvest by what's in the barn. We measure it by what's in the field. And so I'm going to ask you today to use your imagination of, of how God can use you. And Grace as a church, we do a lot outside of the church, a lot of organized activity of missions trips. There's fellowship groups and, and uh, ministering in the schools and just so many things that we do. And, and in fact, something really neat happened. This past week, we received an email from one of the churches that, or one of the schools, Churchville Elementary, that, that we handed out the, the, the bags of supplies to the teachers. How many remember that? Just, uh, just the last week of, of uh, August. And they emailed us and they said, you, you've done so much and we can never repay you. So we want to know as a school, is there something that you're doing that we can give to? Now, how about that? I, I, it was unusual for churches to give to schools, but I didn't know that schools would give to churches. 
And that's all because of so many are willing to go and so many were willing to give. But today's message is, is about you and me saying, yes, Lord, would you use me to be your love, your presence to somebody that's in need. That's, that's, that is called organic. It's what I call the paths in the grass. It's, it's, Lord, it's in your providence. It's, Lord, in your divine appointments, and I want to be used by the Lord. So what can you imagine? In order to do that, we have to go outside, outside of the walls, outside of the box. Now, I will tell you that this, this past Wednesday night as we gathered that the building was full again. We had one of our highest attendances on Wednesday night. There were over a hundred in youth group here. Downstairs, um, every room was taken. Our stars group, that's for the girls. I think it's, I don't know, what's it like, eight, nine, and ten, something like that. They had so many girls in one room. There are 19, and five or six of the regulars were missing like, and there's no room to expand those walls. That's why, one of the reasons that we're expanding our facilities. So we can, we can do ministry in the church as well as from the church so that we would be a ministry center. And uh, I also want to tell you that last week with C32, and you saw the video, last week there were 24 new churches that were planted in one day in, in our fellowship in what we call the Potomac ministry network, and there's about 340 churches in, in Maryland and Virginia and a little bit of West Virginia, 24 new churches across, across our network, across the United States. There were 70, and our Potomac network was responsible for 24, and the 25th one is going to be planted this evening. And of that, there were 2,400 people in 24 churches. Can someone say praise God? And there were 60 people who committed their life to Jesus Christ. And one church even baptized five last Sunday. They had got a head start. I really like that. That's ministry outside of the church, and we thank God for it. And so, But today, I want us to focus on what would God have you to do, and how can God use you, and to use our imagination. And we're going to illustrate it this way of, uh, first of all, we're going to bring up, we call this the nine-dot challenge. And if you know the answer, please do not blurt it out. But this is the challenge. I want you to connect all nine dots. You can only use four lines, and they cannot, they, they, they're not supposed to touch each other, if you would, or just four lines. I mean, four straight lines. Now, I've tried this. I've tried it all kinds of ways. I cannot figure it out. I could not figure it out. I could do it with five lines, but I cannot do it with four lines. And so I'm going to give you just a moment to try to figure this thing out. All right, just, just a moment, just a few seconds. This, is the, this box is the walls of the church, but we're called to do something that seems impossible sometimes. And the church is for going as well as for gathering. Okay, all right. Now, are you ready for the answer? Let's bring it up. Look at that. It requires that we go outside of the box 
in order to do what we need to do. And so when Jesus said, as the Father sent me, even so sent I you, that's for you and for me, imagining a church without walls. And so to do that, there's four things that I want to talk with you about uh, from Acts chapter 3, and we'll go to the first one. The first thing, and in your bulletin this morning, or your program, there's a, there's a page where you can follow along and fill in the blanks. The first is to be willing to be used by God. Willing to be used by God. And Peter and John were going to the temple at the ninth hour of prayer, and a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg of those who were entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about going to the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. God calls us to get the salt out of the salt shaker. Ask God to use you outside of the walls of the church. The first fill in the blank. Ask God to use you outside of the walls of the church. And I I just want to diffuse this just for a moment. Sometimes we're hesitant because we think that what we've seen certain people do in church, that we have to do the same thing outside of church or it's not ministry. I hope that's not the truth, and it's not the truth. God wants to use you the way that he has designed you. He wants a willing heart, and he will connect you with people. And then we ask God to use us, but then we're willing to lay aside what I call our PAT, our PAT. It's our plans, our agenda, and our time. Peter and John were going to, to church. And I, I want to ask you this. How many here you find yourself often if church starts at 9 or 10.30 that you're pulling in the parking lot maybe five minutes ahead of time? You, you know what I'm talking about? Or maybe it's right on the dot. And, but you're not coming a half hour early because this is part of the day. And we know by the time we park and we come through the front door and we shake a few hands and we find our seat and we want to get there when things start. But Peter and John were no doubt the same thing. This is at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They would have had to left what they're doing along with thousands of others. But they're the only ones the Bible records that this man who was crippled, that they turned aside. Because it's easy to go by the needs of the day and say someone else can do that. I have places to go and I, I've got to go. I know that worship will be here. It's about an hour and 15 minutes long. I know we'll get this in. We'll get this over with. I thank God. I thank him for his blessings. But God calls you and me to imagine how that we can be used by laying aside our plans, our agenda, and even our time. In my notes, I have this, sometimes being used by God is messy. And sometimes being used by God will mess us up, messes up our plans. I think it's a good thing that God messes us up. How about you? We need to be messed up. 
God knows exactly what he's doing. The second thing I want to share with you is have confidence God's power is with you. Verse 5 and 6, And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene walk. It was said by St. Thomas Aquinas that he had an appointment, I believe it was in the 12th or 13th century, to see the Pope. And went in and the, and the Pope called him in, he had a meeting and he was, they were, there was a large collection, and they were counting us in the Pope's presence. And, and, um, and the Pope said this. He said, no longer, no longer can it be said of us that silver and gold have we none. But Aquinas answered him, yes, most holy one, but neither can it be said of us in the name of Jesus Rise and walk. Ultimately, what we are judged by in this world is not what we have, but how we can touch people with the cause of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And so have power, confidence that God's power is with you. Joel 2.28, in the last day, God will pour out His Spirit on all flesh, upon your young men and your young women, upon your maidservants and uh, upon the old men, whether it's male or female, young or old. God desires to pour out His Spirit on us, and He's made it available. And not only that, but God is always at work, always at work always at work on people's hearts. Our assignment is to minister on behalf of Jesus. How do we do that? How can we have confidence in God's power? I want to encourage you, the second fill-in under this point is to build build yourself up in the most holy faith. What that means is to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit, that heavenly language that we receive when we're baptized in the Spirit. Build ourselves up to, Paul said, to pray in the Spirit at all times. We are to be filled with the Spirit because you and I uniquely possess the power and the love of the name of Jesus. Here's the deal. God supplies power, and we supply obedience and faith in God's providence. In other words, bloom where you're planted. Bloom where you're planted. My wife, Chris, is, she's a person that she would tell you that she does not have the gift of evangelism. For her to stand on a corner or to talk with people that she doesn't know about their need of Jesus Christ as their Savior, to evangelize is, brings anxiety to her life. But she is faithful to minister where she's planted. 
in all of our, in our neighbors as they grow through life situations and death and, and spouses dying and faithful to pray for our children and faithful to pray for our grandchildren and faithful to say to our grandchildren, I just want you to know mom and papa are praying for you. When our neighbor lost her husband of 60 years, Chris was just faithful to be there, call her and to pray and just to be there. It meant so much. That's ministry from the church and outside of the church. And to have, just to supply obedience and have faith in his providence. The providence is that it means that he will order our steps and our opportunities. This past week, we had the opportunity to be in Boston for the, the um, marriage and wedding ceremony, the reception of my, uh, of my uh, nephew, Justin Ruddy. And it was absolutely terrific. And um, so Phil and my brother Phil, who's here, and his wife, Ellen, um, had an opportunity. Phil had business in, in uh, Queens, New York, and so uh, that was a Wednesday or Thursday. So rather than turning around, they're halfway up to Boston. He, they decided to go to Cape Cod. How many th- think that's a good deal? That's a good deal. And they went into a, a village, and the house was built in the 1800s, true Cape Cod and it was, I believe, an English teacher and, and a musician. They're in their 80s and just very, very intelligent, very well-connected. And Phil told me, he said, he said, Paul, that village, he said, I've never seen so many overt, blatant acts of things that just, it was like in your face, the lifestyle. And, um, and anyway, and, and, and these people that were here, uh, they were talking with Phil, and Phil said, could, could I pray for you in the name of Jesus? Could I pray for you? And he prayed for that woman, prayed for that couple, because they're concerned about their neighbors. And Phil said that he, he had a reception that was just, it was the right thing to do. And in the middle of a place where there's so much going on that's against God and His Word, just to pray and to be there for somebody meant something. And her husband actually wrote them a note. He had to go to the store. And when he heard about it, he regretted that he couldn't be there for it. And they're not people who serve God. But to pray just to be there for them. Have confidence and ask God to say, Lord, use me. The third thing I want to share is to practice the ministry of presence. Verses 7 and 8, And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Somebody had to touch that man. Somebody did. Had to touch, they had to physically touch him. I read this past week of the full-time chaplain for the Ravens, Baltimore Ravens. They call him preacher. He's born again. He loves God. He loves God's word. But he said, 
I'm there. Just He called it the ministry of presence, just to be there. No judgment. I'm not passing judgment. I'm just there. If, if the men want to study God's Word, he said, I love that. I'll go as deep as they want to go. But he said, I'm there at 6 in the morning. I'm the first person there, and I'm the last person when the, when the lights are there, when, they're tr- when the lights are turned off uh, at o- Owings Mills. And on Sunday, he's there. He stands at the tunnel. And you know how the ravens come out? He's the last person that the players see. And so he was wondering if it really made a difference. And he'd say, I'm praying for you. And he'd tap them on the shoulder, these big burly guys. They're focused on the game. And it's like they didn't even... They didn't even acknowledge him. And he thought, well, maybe I'm imposing myself in a place that I shouldn't be. And so he stopped. And then the word came, hey, where's the preacher man on Sundays? Where's the, we want the preacher man there in the tunnel. You see, friend, just your presence means so much to somebody. We represent hope. We represent God. We And if we're there without judgment, just to be there for them. The physical presence and relationship, you can fill that in. Physical presence and relationships builds trust. People don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. Don and Joan, some of you know them, but most don't know them here at Grace Assembly of God. They're in their 70s, a big big, strong man, and he was struck down, a series of strokes, and uh, was given up to die, and, but people prayed for him. He was up in Habit of Grace in the Citizens Rehab Center, and my wife and I, it had been a really a long day, and just a long, long day, and we went up to Have It a Grace, and we found out that Don was there in Have It a Grace. We walked downstairs in the concrete walls, and it seemed more like, I don't know, just bare, like institutional, down the long hall, and he was the last room on the left in the hall. And we walked in, and Joan was so happy to see us, and he just started crying like that. He looked at his wife because he couldn't talk. But there was a third person in the room. And here it was someone who had made their acquaintance somehow while they were in that rehab facility. And she said, I just felt called that the Lord wanted me to come daily to be here with him and pray for him. And it meant so much. And it meant so much to Chris and myself because how many know that God has never intended one grain of salt to do all the ministry. It takes all of us together. And the last thing I want to share with you is an encouraging presence of listening, prayer, and wisdom. The next to last thing. The ministry of presence brings an encouraging presence of listening, prayer, and wisdom. This past week on the Grace Facebook, it was said there was a question. We'd like to know why you started at Grace and why why you decided to come. And and someone said, and their, their name is there, but I'm not going to use it. It said, a couple of my co-workers left the breadcrumbs. Through their persistence over the years, I finally found my way. And an amazing new perspective of what church can be and should be. Grace fills me with hope, love, and purpose. It never would have happened if someone 
too, from grace, had not been faithful to be present and have the ministry of presence. I want to end with this, to make sure that we always lift up the name of Jesus, because his name strengthens people. The name of Jesus strengthens people. And he gives faith as he is lifted up. And that there is forgiveness and new beginning is in his name. New beginnings and forgiveness are in the name of Jesus. And when we believe on his name, times of refreshing come to our life when we believe in his name. And so this morning, I want to challenge you and I want to ask you, would you say, Lord, Lord, would you use me? Would you use me as salt out of the salt shaker? Would you use me? Would you imagine with me what we can do outside of the walls of the church? In just a moment, I want to pray with you. And and I want to, as I pray, I want to encourage you to take this Connect card. If you've not filled it out, you can do so. But on the back, there's a box that you can check. If you say, Lord, Heavenly Father, today I receive your salvation. I want to be forgiven to have a relationship with you and receive spiritual power. I have prayed today for this service and and the next service and the one this afternoon. I believe that that people are here who need a new beginning in Jesus Christ, who need the forgiveness that only he can bring. He wipes away the slate of our heart. And he alone brings times of refreshing. There's a refreshing that God has for you and a refreshing that God has for me that only comes through experiencing the power and the person of Jesus Christ. Praise his name. Amen.